I'm going to begin with another poem <laughs> this morning, uh, again by Mary Oliver. This one is, in, is titled simply The Sun, sort of appropriate on a beautiful day like today. Have you ever seen anything in your life more wonderful than the way the sun, every evening, relaxed and easy, floats toward the horizon and into the clouds or the hills or the rumpled sea and is gone? And how it slides again out of the blackness every morning on the other side of the world like a red flower streaming upwards on its heavenly oil, say, on a morning in early summer, at its perfect imperial distance. And have you ever felt for anything such wild love? Do you think there is anywhere, in any language, a word billowing enough for the pleasure that fills you as the sun reaches out, as it warms you, as you stand there empty-handed? Or have you, too, turned from this world? Or have you, too, gone crazy for power, for things? This morning, the Gospel passage appointed for the Sunday is about Herod Antipas, and that he heard about Jesus and thought that John had risen from the dead. He had been told that Jesus had been curing people of their illnesses. He was afraid that the man he had beheaded, John the Baptist, had returned. Talk about the power of guilt to stir up intense anxiety. I might also say that we may draw some other lessons from the story of Herod, such as be careful what you promise in public, <laughs> especially after you may have had too much to drink or have other instinctual uh, issues because you may have to fulfill the promise in the midst of being horribly embarrassed. Well, what is this all about? Well, Josephus, a contemporary historian born around 37 BCE and who died around 100 BCE, had mentioned in his writings that Herod had killed John the Baptist because John the Baptist had accused Herod of immorality because he had married the wife of his brother. Herod Antipas had divorced his first wife, who was a Nabetean princess, and taken Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, from him and married her. John the Baptist had condemned him for it. The story in the history of Josephus does not go into much detail about this, although the gospel does not mention the name of the daughter of Herodias. Her name is thought to have been Salome, and Philip, that is to say Herod Philip, the half-brother of Herod Antipas, did marry a woman named Salome. It is all somewhat, somewhat confusing. Well, again, what is the point of this story? We remember that in the Gospel of Luke, Pilate sent Jesus, accused of insurrection, and had him sent to Herod Antipas for questioning, and that Jesus had answered some of his questions, and that the soldiers of Herod had contempt for Jesus, had mocked him, arrayed him in royal robes, make fun of him, and sent him back to Pilate to ultimately be crucified. But again, what is the point? Well, John the Baptist, at the time of Jesus, was much better known and had a far larger reputation than Jesus. Contemporary histories of the time had mentioned John the Baptist by name, 
But Jesus is not named by contemporary histories. Instead, a nameless rebel is mentioned who was executed by Rome for creating a civil disturbance. That's about all that occurs in the histories at the time about Jesus. Not even his name is mentioned. And this passage in the Gospel of Mark is an attempt to place Jesus in the context of the larger world and to link Jesus to John the Baptist as the one for whom John the Baptist was said to have come to prepare the way. It is interesting to me that Jesus, a relatively unknown man in his own time, grew up with only a small circle of friends and eventually becomes Jesus the Christ we worship today and who's been worshipped for over 2,000 years. The writings we have today, which I mentioned last time, were created within the group of followers who eventually became known as Christians, but in the beginning were known as followers of the way, a sect within Judaism. One can imagine that they wished to be thought of as followers of an infinitely more significant person than John the Baptist. And it is truly amazing, isn't it, that this small band of disciples eventually becomes the Christian church. Just try to imagine for a minute what the history of the world would be like if Jesus had not come onto the scene. Just imagine that for a minute. It's very difficult to do. The Roman Empire would have not adopted Christian morals and customs. There would have been no Middle Ages, no Renaissance, no Reformation. None of that would have ever happened. The modern world, as we know it today, would simply not exist. It's staggering when you think of it. Most importantly of all, our understanding of man and his place in the universe, our own democratic institutions, the entire worldview we now have could have been very, very different. I wonder if even our understanding of virtue would be the same today. Would we have the same sense of the importance of compassion for our fellow creatures or the centrality of the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? It was a very dark world before the advent of Christianity. What would have tempered our appetites without its insights? What would have guided us to a more humane society? Would our tendency to be crazy for power and for things be tempered, and how would that happen? We'll never know. If we look at the epistle of the Ephesians, would we have that sense of the oneness of all the creatures of God? Would we have that sense of being a part of God's family? A much larger vision than just being part of our own individual families. And would we have the vision of the head of that family, delirious with love for all that he or she had made? Would our lives be bounded, bounded, boundaried by gratitude to a power greater than ourselves, which sustains us and nourishes us in the intimate way that Christ's love and sacrifice for us continues to do today? Would we feel in our hearts and minds that ultimate concern for everything that God had made? Would we sense that same force greater than ourselves was everywhere and that this power would never let us go if he tried to run or would it seek us out and not be pleased and not be pleased at all until within itself it found us 
and invited us to full participation in the world that had been created. Would we have as much fun doing worship, as much fun with the bread and with the wine? Would we, would we be able to do these things and have a deep sense of response from within about something greater, much, much greater than ourselves? Yes, I would like to think that the hound of heaven that Blake so aptly called God, the hound of heaven, would not let us go and would find a way to get our attention at some point and show us that being crazy for power, crazy for things, was not the ultimate point of any of it that we would somehow be guided to stand open and vulnerable to that force and welcome it with all our hearts. I can't imagine that it would not happen. However, I am so grateful that it has and that through Jesus Christ, all of us need to approach him by faith, not based on facts, but on our faith reaching for something that deep within ourselves we already know about if we dig deeply enough. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen.